0: modern reformation yeah the ball Liverpool. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy, Dwayne in the building, right back in here another Tuesday. Super excited, as always, to be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds. Wherever you listen to The Bar, we are for that you are listening. And like I start every show, I love to take time out to thank the listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning in to The Bar Podcast. Uh, Right now we're recording. We're in the quarantine section of uh, this COVID-19 thing and not sure what the other side will look like. Or by the time this podcast drop i'm not sure what uh the situation will be but nevertheless we are uh we're grateful to god uh for his sovereignty and the fact that he he keeps us uh through this no matter what and uh and and i just like i said again want to shout out the listeners for tuning in to the bar and like i do every week i bring in an awesome guest uh this guest i found um i'm actually trying to find the original post. Somebody reposted something she posted on her page and I automatically went to the page because it, it rung a bell with my past. You guys know I used to be in the New, new apostolic reformation as well as word of faith uh and and uh this this article was uh right on time and uh and i actually uh, reposted reposted as well and i kind of chased around trying to get a contact and i think i sent her a message on every medium possible but uh i was able to get miss holly on the phone how are you today
1: I'm doing great, Dwayne, and thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast.
0: Well, listen, I hope I didn't seem stalkish because I get in this mindset where I really want somebody. I want to make sure they see my messaging. You didn't feel like you was being stalked or anything, did you? Oh,
1: no, no, not
0: at all. Awesome, awesome. Well, well, first, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to my listeners, share what you want to share, personal, professional, and then we'll get into the actual article that I found.
1: Great. Yeah. So my background is I worked for nearly a decade as the university editor at Biola University in Southern California, Christian University there, and also as the managing editor of Biola Magazine. And um, my I have a degree, a master's degree in Christian apologetics from Biola as well. And um, it was actually during my time working at Biola and as managing editor of their magazine that I I first learned about the New Apostolic Reformation, so we can um, get into maybe the, how that happened a little bit later. But um, and then I've also co-authored a couple. I co-authored a couple of books about the New Apostolic Reformation with a, a philosophy professor at Biola, uh, Doug Givett.
0: Wow, that is cool. All right, well let's let's get there. Let's talk about uh, how you found out or discovered or stumbled upon or slipped into the, uh, the, the N a R.
1: Okay. So while I was uh, working as managing editor of the magazine, I would receive emails from readers of the magazine and one, uh, reader sent an email to me. She had, I believe, graduated from Biola, and she was very concerned about a movement that she saw in her city. I think she lived in Colorado Springs at the time, but she saw this movement. She described it as taking over churches in her city, and she was very alarmed about it, and she was trying to reach out to Biola, maybe find a professor at Biola who would be willing to write a book responding to the teachings of this movement and showing where they go off. Uh, biblically where they don't line up with scripture and so as I was reading her email it what caught my attention was I had never heard of the movement she described this movement of apostles and prophets and I was a researcher of cults of aberrant religious groups and so it it kind of caught my attention that it was something I hadn't heard of before so I started doing my own digging online and I realized that this movement uh, called the New Apostolic Reformation was very large millions of participants globally um i'd never heard of it before because i hadn't had eyes to see it Uh, once i started learning the teachings of the movement learning who the key leaders apostles and prophets were i started seeing signs of its influence everywhere and even realizing that that christians i knew were caught up in this movement um, once i had eyes to see it um but i so that was about seventeen years ago i I learned about this movement and I kept researching it. I started a blog uh called spirit of error dot spirit of error dot org where I'd write about it, and I kept thinking, you know surely somebody's there's going to be a book somebody's going to write a book about this movement um and time kept passing i i hadn't seen one. Published by a traditional publisher, that and and finally realized, um, you know, maybe I need to write this book, <laughs> mm. and so I was able to convince uh, Doug Guyvett at at Biola to co-author the book with me, and we actually wrote two books um, about this movement. One is is much more in depth. That's called a New Apostolic Reformation: A Biblical Response to a Worldwide Movement. The smaller book is called God's Super Apostles, and that's just a more concise, quick read. Um, it tells personal stories of people who've been caught up in this movement and, and been hurt by its destructive teachings and practices. Um, the the larger book is more heavily documented, goes much more into depth. But um, So we wrote these two books, and um, do you want me to explain what the movement is in a nutshell? Yes, what it teaches? sure. Yes, okay. Please. So the New Apostolic Reformation, or it's also called NAR or N-A-R for short, basically what it teaches is that it's the task of the church to bring god's physical kingdom to earth and they would say the leaders of this movement would say that's really what the great commission is Mm -hmm. it's not you know how christians have historically understood the great commission in terms of maybe bringing the gospel to the whole world um but it's actually bringing god's physical kingdom to earth and they would say that the church has not been able to to complete this task hasn't been able to finish the great commission Uh, because uh, miracle miraculous powers are required to complete this commission and all Christians must learn how to work miracles they must learn how to prophesy heal the sick raise the dead work greater miracles than even Jesus did and when they did that when they start doing that then they can bring God's kingdom to earth Um, but the problem is that apostles and prophets are seen as holding the keys, the new revelations that will Mm -hmm. equip believers to learn to work these miracles. And apostles and prophets, they would say, you know, they haven't been in place for 2,000 years. And so the apostles and prophets need to be restored. They need to be ruling the churches, even pastors and, and all other church leaders need to submit to them. And when they're at the helm, then they can bring the critical new revelation that Christians need so they can develop miraculous powers and then they can finally bring god's kingdom to earth and so so that's the teachings in a nutshell and these teachings will often sound very extreme and weird to people when they first hear them they think how can anybody believe that the thing is actually a lot of christians do believe that these teachings have been making significant inroads into Mm -hmm. many churches um pentecostal churches charismatic churches non-denominational churches um even even more conservative churches now these teachings are making inroads into and and the names that people might recognize as leaders in this movement um are bill johnson he's the uh senior leader at bethel church in redding california he's probably the most influential apostle in this movement today at least in the united states um and bethel music of course uh, comes out of that church which you know a lot most Christians many Christians know Bethel music and then Mike Bickle at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City Missouri is another leader in this movement um, and then there are a host of others Lou is a prophet in this movement Cindy Jacobs Dutch Sheets is a, is a leader in this movement so there's a lot of other names but um, these are, are some of the most prominent names people might recognize
0: Yep, yep. And I recognize almost all of them. And like you said, just kind of witness the the way that it has flooded into uh I mean, I guess you could say mainstream. Um, a lot of even the smaller congregations and, and denominations that usually don't even recognize uh I guess you could say those offices or whatever, have uh accepted them and and uh and even you know where I grew up, you know, put them on program. Things of that nature, so uh, yeah, that that's that's very sad. So when it comes to you know the the blog is because I think the the, the actually I remember the post that I shared was talking about the COVID nineteen and people using a verse out of context. Uh, is that also some of the stuff is not directly with the the New Apostolic Reformation, but with the uh, uh, you know just uh, apologetics in general. Is that kind of the the gist of the blog?
1: yeah so my blog spirit of error it actually focuses specifically on this kind of uh, new apostolic reformation or modern apostles and prophets movement it or whatever it's called um and it it takes the teachings it shows where they don't line up with scripture and and one key thing that you you mentioned the word offices i wanted to point out that the the core teaching of the New Apostolic Reformation is that the offices, formal governing offices of apostle and prophet must uh, be recognized today in churches. And so what sets this movement apart from historic Pentecostal or charismatic teaching or something like that, you know, Pentecostals and charismatics believe that the miraculous spiritual gifts are for today, like prophesying, healing those type of things. But historically, they would not believe that there are formal governing offices Mm -hmm. um, that that prophets and apostles must govern churches in an official capacity. And so they would say in the NER that an apostle or prophet has much more authority when they give a revelation than just someone with the gift of prophecy. You know, someone with the gift of prophecy might be seen as being able to encourage individuals or, or maybe a single church with a prophetic word, um, provide you know, provide words that edify or comfort, these kind of things. But someone in the office of prophet in this movement is seen as being able to give authoritative, thus saith the Lord hey. declarations that apply in some cases not just for a single church, but for an entire network of thousands of churches or even the global church. Um and so they're giving revelations that are seen as being authoritatively binding on on all Christians worldwide. In some cases, uh, and they're and they're able to prophesy words to individuals uh, that give direction, like who to marry, where to live, where to work. These kind of words. Whereas historically, a Pentecostal or a charismatic would say that, you know, someone with just the gift of prophecy can't prophesy, shouldn't prophesy, those type of things. Oh. Um, and so there's the, it's the level of authority these leaders are pers- seen to possess that really sets them apart from historic Pentecostal charismatic teaching. And, and then also the nature of the type of revelations they're bringing, um, that are really new doctrinal revelations that are being given for the church and in many cases. And so, um, and so I just wanted to make that distinction that when my co-author and I are actually critiquing this movement, we're not critiquing historic Pentecostal charismatic teaching. We're teaching, critiquing something that goes way beyond that. Mm. And even many Pentecostals and charismatics are actually concerned about, about this movement. And, And the practices that are being brought into churches through this movement, because they teach that all Christians should learn to work miracles. There's entire schools of supernatural ministry that are being Mm -hmm. started up pattern after the one at Bethel school, of supernatural ministry at, at Bethel church in Reading, and the whole purpose of these schools is to teach Christians how to learn to work miracles. And this is historically Pentecostals and charismatics when it teach that all Christians. Can have all the miraculous gifts and they can learn to work miracles they would say these are gifts the holy spirit gives to people as he decides not not leading miraculous powers that we all possess that just need to be activated um and so so it really sets apart uh you know historic pentecostal charismatic belief from nar belief
0: wow wow And,
1: and so you mentioned my blog post my recent blog post was about declarations in the nar they teach in line with word of faith teachings that our words, the words of believers have the power to create or alter reality, just, just by speaking the words in faith and much Mm -hmm. like God spoke in Genesis and created through his words that we have that same power and ability. And so they think the key to bringing heaven to earth is for Christians to make these declarations or these decrees through their spoken words that will bring heaven to earth. And so many leaders in this movement right now, many prophets are are making decrees and declarations that coronavirus will come to an end. Mm-hmm. And they actually believe through speaking the words and getting their followers to speak these words that they can create that reality through their spoken words. Right. And, um, uh, and so that's what my article was about. Um, the uh, first of all, I pointed out that ironically, the prophets in this movement were not able to foresee coronavirus before it happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) And mm -hmm. now, uh, despite all their claims of miraculous powers and their ability to make decrees and declarations that they claim they have the authority to do, they still have not been able to stop coronavirus either.
0: Nope, not at all. I mean, you talk about Bethel's, uh, healing school, they close it down. Uh, sound like it should be a time that they should be thriving and, uh, going around and, and putting it to work, you know, but that's not the case. Um, and, and it's funny how this whole, uh, pandemic thing is just pulling the the, the cover off of a lot of, uh, a lot of bad doctrine and and false teachers. And, uh, and actually somebody's on Facebook right now trying to go back and forth (laughs) with me right now, literally. Uh, so talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk about pushback. Um, uh what kind of uh pushback and 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 how how has uh your you know book as well as uh your blog how, what, what kind of response have you gotten from it
1: well um so we've for, for you know actually our books were endorsed by influential Charismatics and Pentecostals who who thanked us for writing the books and drawing attention to where these NAR teachings break with historic Pentecostal Charismatic teaching. Mm. And so we've received, you know, a lot of of people who've been maybe like yourself were involved in the NAR previously have thanked us for writing the books, for um, warning people about this movement. Other people have told us that they just felt like something was off at their Mm. church. And they couldn't pinpoint it they couldn't figure out what it was but reading our books helped us realize what it was that their church was part of this movement and so a lot of gratitude um from people around the world actually uh through my blog and and because of our books um the pushback we received and so so what people in the NER do is is one th- one tactic they've been trying to do is say the NAR actually doesn't even exist, <laughs> that the new apostolic <laughs> reformation is something that critics like myself have made up. And it just, it's a boogeyman that doesn't exist. And Michael Brown actually has, has been a real, um, uh, kind of an apologist almost for, for the N- NAR, but he'll say the NAR doesn't really exist, that mm. this is, um, that this is just something the critics have made up, and so that's actually mm. that's been a very interesting tactic because, you know, when we've defined the NAR as the belief in the governing apostles, a prophet, an apostle, that those those are a necessity for today, and we actually it was Peter Wagner who came up with the term in New right. Apostolic Reformation. He was an apostle in this movement. He that's how he defined it. Yep. And um, many of his followers, even still today, Chae-on will say he's part of the New Apostolic Reformation. He mm-hmm. wrote a book called Modern Day Apostles, where he, he says this is the New Apostolic Reformation. He identifies the leaders he sees as part of the New Apostolic Reformation, which includes Mike, uh, I mean, uh, Bill Johnson, and I mm-hmm. believe Heidi Baker, and many of these people that we've identified as NAR leaders, Chae-on would identify as such. And he's, one of, he's a very influential apostle in this movement. And so um, um, even an organization that Michael Brown is a part of, the you, uh, the International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, right on their website, it says this is part of the new Apostolic Reformation. <laughs> and, so, and so it's been an interesting tactic to see people try to deny that this movement exists, but it, it's really hard to deny that there's a movement of
0: right. churches
1: that teach that these governing offices of apostle and prophet are for today, and that this teaching has not been promoted widely through church history through church history it's been pretty much universally acknowledged that the offices uh, that the office of apostle was a first century office and 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 really there there never really was an office of prophet that even in the old testament prophets were advisors to kings but um and so um So this is a a break with historic Christian teaching. And even leaders in this movement will say that they're restoring the offices of apostle and prophet, that they've been lost for 2,000 years and now they're restoring it. So even they refer to this as a movement of restoring apostles and prophets. And according to statistics from the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell, according to their statistics, this movement, it makes up a significant growth of Christianity in Africa and Asia and Latin America. According to their statistics, over 3 million people attend churches in the United States that overtly embrace these NAR teachings. And so it's really difficult, I think, for, for people who want to deny that this is a movement um, and that these are not, you know, novel teachings today to do so.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And as soon as you said that, Mike Brown said that first, I mean, literally before you said what I'm about to say, it popped in my mind, C. Peter Wagner. Like, I bet that's not what C. Peter Wagner was saying. You know, there's not a movement because I remember, you know, he was kind of like the godfather of the movement or the apostle of apostles uh, in the movement. Um and so yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, "Oh, that C. Peter Wagner would definitely disagree with that."
1: Well, but and Mike, Michael, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, I was just to say, Michael Brown will say that there were some people who followed Peter Wagner, but they were just kind of disciples of Peter Wagner, and that's really not a thing anymore. At least that's the way I understand what Michael Brown's saying. But mm-hmm. but the idea that there are governing apostles and prophets for today that must be restored to the church that is definitely a thing for today. <laughs> and, exactly. um, and that's a new thing for today. And even these leaders themselves will say that. And so, um, and so uh, I think it's a difficult position for Michael Brown to maintain.
0: Right, right, for sure. Wow. Well, that's, that's very insightful. Um, and and I first appreciate uh, your hard work on that. Uh, because it, it needs to be uh, put out there and needs to be uh, exposed so that people can see what it really is. The Bar Podcast will be back right after these messages. Hey, what's going on? This is your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez. And this is Jimmy De Los Santos. And we're your boys from Cast. We're just a couple of average guys who came out of the charismatic movement to a reformed understanding of theology. That's right. Catch us with a new episode every Tuesday morning on all the platform networks, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, and the like. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Sola underscore cast. Also search for us on Facebook, like the page, share the page. Let's get to the meat. Let's do it. And now back to the bar podcast. Here's your host, Dwayne Atkinson. All right, we're back in here with my friend Holly. And uh, Holly, I really appreciate you taking time to come on my show and uh, dropping a whole wealth of knowledge. Would definitely uh, get you to send me links to everything. I have your blog and everything, the book, where they can find everything in the show notes. Um, but on this side of the show, Holly's a little bit lighter. Uh, it's kind of fun. This is what I call the bar signature questions. These are three questions I ask all of my guests. And so the first signature bar question is, What kind of music do you listen to?
1: Oh well, so so truthfully, uh my background a lot of country music. Nice. Um, <laughs> um and I, I did I always enjoyed a little alternative and things like that. But truthfully, since I had children, um I I was very convicted <laughs> about different music. I was listening to secular music that they were the lyrics for things that I just was not comfortable with my children listening to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so since I've had my kids, I've stopped listening to a lot of secular music because they're always with me. I homeschool my kids and they're always with me. And so rarely listen to secular music. So um, I often try to turn on a uh, Christian music when they're, especially when they're with me and expose them to that. And, one, one group I've really discovered more recently and am really enjoying is called City Alight.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like them. Awesome. All right. Next signature bar question is, what book or books are you currently reading?
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, so many books. Um, <laughs> I have many going simultaneously. One I've been working my way through a long time is called Dogmatic Theology. It's by uh, Shedd. And it's just a huge, huge book on systematic theology that's kind of uh considered a classic. Um uh let's see what other books I'm I'm currently working my way through. Um I've been working my way through a parenting book for a while uh by I think it's it Paul David Tripp. I think mm-hmm. is his name. I can't I can't think of the exact title of the book right now. Um, I'm always reading books by NAR leaders. Um, I'm I'm you know, I'm um doing a lot of research on Bethel Church and Reading right now. So always working my way through Bill Johnson's latest books. So those are some of them.
0: Okay. All right. Last signature bar question is what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any?
1: You know, I really enjoy Elisa Childers. Um, oh, yeah. Podcast. I just interviewed her. And, okay. <laughs> great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, big fan and um, really appreciate her. Greg Kokel, Um mm-hmm. Love his podcast. And what was your other question? You said podcast, Or, or
0: sermons. Sermons. If oh, any.
1: sermons. Um, yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I attend my own church, but as far as sermons, I, I always enjoy listening to tim keller sermons when i get a
0: chance
1: mm-hmm. um alistair Begg, i enjoy his sermons quite a bit so when okay. i get a chance to to listen to other ones
0: yeah no that's that's two good ones all right so uh holly again thank you for coming on the show I always allow my guests to kind of close us out with any words of encouragement or anything like that you want to end with before we get out
1: yeah, just um maybe just an encouragement uh for discernment. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of Christians I encounter seem to think that, you know, they need to be aware of false religions like Islam or things like that or cults like Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses. But it's throughout scripture, you know, from Deuteronomy thirteen to Revelation thirteen, we're being warned about false prophets in the church and false teachers and false apostles. And that, and Jesus warns that these leaders will disguise themselves as true believers and wear sheep's clothing and um, that they'll rise and we're warned that they will rise within churches. And, and so it's very important for Christians to, to realize that the existence of false prophets within churches and that they will pass themselves off as, as Christians. And so it's very important to test all teachings by scripture. Um, and not give anybody a pass, but all leaders, all their teachings need to be tested by scripture. It's, it's very crucial so people aren't um, taken in by by false prophets and false apostles today.
0: Amen to that. Yes, ma'am. That is a message that always reigns true. Well, thank you again for coming on to The Bar Listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning in to The Bar Podcast. Make sure you go to thebarpodcast.com. Click on the tab for The Bar Podcast Network and check out all the podcasts connected to The Bar Network. Make sure you go to thebargear.com and uh, pick you up some bar gear. We're still shipping. Even though uh, coronavirus is out there, we're still sending hats, mugs, t-shirts. Just spray it off with some Lysol. You'll be all good. Until next time, you guys. God bless and we are out. what's up bar listeners it's finally here the bar exclusive content yes that's right you can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as two dollars a week or five dollars a month fifty dollars for the year to get exclusive content what is the exclusive content i'm glad you asked The exclusive content is additional information from my guests extra time with them and like the green moon setting laid back them asking me questions i ask them questions and also the facebook group you get a invitation